This podcast was recorded for entertainment purposes only and cannot be rebroadcast or transmitted in any form or use without the express written consent of Smooth Jazz and More. Copyright 2018, all rights reserved. This is Mike James on Smooth Jazz and more interviews. I'm here with Danielle Allard, who has a new album called Passing Notes. Thank you very much for being with us. No, thank you so much for having me. Tell me about the new album. So the new album, Passing Notes, as you said, uh, it is an EP, so I'm, I'm used to kind of going all out and, and doing these big full-length albums, but I know that a lot of us are moving towards kind of EP and single releases, so it's my first EP, and uh, it's a collection of songs that were written over the last kind of year and a half, and I worked a lot with local musicians, local producers, local engineers uh, to put this one together, so I'm really excited. Um, it's received a lot of good reviews so far since it's been out for a couple of months now, uh, but I'm really, really glad that it's kind of a departure from the previous work that I've done. Uh, there's a lot more piano in it, um, and there's some kind of like charity aspects to some of the pieces as well. So I'm, I'm really happy with it. I, I hope that everybody's liking it so far, uh, but that's a little bit about that album. And one of the tracks that we've been playing is called No Longer Silent. Our audience may have an idea what that means, but you have your own explanation for it. Tell us about that. <laughs> well, and that goes along with kind of that charity piece. So it was the first song that I wrote for this EP, and it was because a, a local not-for-profit called Voice Found. Um, they're here in Ottawa, and... They deal with some not-so-nice stuff, so sometimes they really do struggle with raising money. They approached me, said they were looking for a song, uh, and I was really, really interested in, in the in the theme, interested in the work that they were doing because they, they do a lot of work with um, people who have been trafficked uh, and people who have dealt with sexual abuse and sexual violence, so... It's not something that people talk about, um, and I'm really, really happy that they're doing the work that they do because the statistics are staggering. I mean, you wouldn't believe the amount of people that are affected by these things. So we we came together. We we wrote the song "No Longer Silent." Uh, they gave me some of the themes they wanted me to work with, uh, and I'm really, really happy with how it turned out. So we're doing actually a big launch coming up. Um, of the single online so that all of, all of the proceeds from that single when it's downloaded they go straight back into the organization so they can keep doing all of the work that they're doing
Now, before your latest release, your second release entitled Chameleon was very unique. Tell us about that. <laughs> oh my goodness, I was I was having so much fun working with that theme and with that album. But when the theme first came about, I mean, I'm a huge animal lover, firstly. But the theme came about because of the different emotions that were going through so many of the songs. I just felt like what people were feeling song to song was changing so rapidly that I felt Chameleon really represented that brand. And then we went into the studio and it was my first time working on material that I'd written on my own. So I'd done some co-writes before I'd done a lot of collaborative things, but for this writing on my own, all the music, all the lyrics, it, it, I hadn't just defined what my sound was. I've got a lot of jazz influence in the music that I write because of my childhood growing up and being uh, inspired by that music. But I also wrote a lot on acoustic string instruments. So it ended up having this kind of folk influence. And finally, the kind of stuff that I write, the structure of it's really pop. So defining that style through that album, Chameleon also represented how the music was sounding and then the different genres and really the variety of that album from beginning to end. And if you look at the album, you can actually see that you look like a chameleon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the other surprise. Um, the album cover, I, I find it just this wonderful opportunity to work with other artists. So I came together with the, with the photographer and with a body painter, actually. Uh, May Mazer, who did the the body paint on that, and Justin Van Leeuwen, who took the photo. And that was a 14-hour day for us. So, I mean, waking up first thing in the morning, getting everything set up. And it took her six hours to paint me from head to toe in a very, very cold studio space in a, in a snowstorm in January. But it was completely worth it uh, because I, I really am just pleased with how that, that whole shoot turned out and how the whole brand kind of came together. They say that I should wear the crown I say I know I can't be king When my house of cards falls down I know that I should just keep moving But I can't breathe talked about briefly about your music background tell us about that oh my goodness well i mean i guess music is kind of a defining thing in my whole life i 
I started when I was quite young doing a lot of different kinds of arts, but music always had this kind of special place in, in my heart and, and in my activities as a child. And I, I assume that's also because of the, the influences in my life. I had, uh, I had a really amazing elementary school principal who got me through a lot of things, who was finishing his PhD in music, inspired me to kind of deal with a lot of the things that I was dealing with as a child through that music. And I started um, taking lessons for vocals specifically when I was 12. And then I started writing and, and teaching myself all of these different instruments by the age of 14. So really, I've been at it for a long time, but really taking it professionally, I'd say probably for the last six or seven years uh, and starting to play more uh, festivals and, and more corporate things that I've been doing now. As an independent artist, how do you try to get your music to your potential customers? Well, I, I would say that I'm lucky to be an artist in, in the era that I am. Uh, I guess there's there's always pros and cons with the time frame in which you're trying to run a business. But now as an independent artist, I have the ability to actually promote my music and let people know that I exist online and so decades ago i wouldn't have had that opportunity though there were differences and we didn't have as many one-off gigs uh, we didn't have as many people downloading our music for free obviously as we do now but now i can run a business and people can still know about me even if i don't have a huge label behind me to support me so as an independent artist i think that it's great that I'm kind of in charge of the way I run my business and the, and the way that I do things musically, the way that I sound, the way that I run my stage show. So I think that it's, that it's pretty great. Now, in addition to your music, you also have a number of projects that are happening in your life. Tell us about them. Oh my goodness, too many projects including like home renovations so <laughs> when it comes to other projects I mean uh, I teach during the day I'm, I'm usually running around asking other musicians if they're full-time if so how teach me teach me the ways because we all know that it's it's a very difficult industry to make a living out of um, but during the day, I, I teach at, at Algonquin College, and I, I teach students how to be successful, how to run their own small businesses, um, how to perform, how to speak in public. And I'm really passionate about it. I really love all of the things that my students are doing. I mean, they're, they're so inspirational. Um, a lot of them raise a lot of money for charity, and it's just, it makes me feel very good to be able to do that during the day. And then at night, I can do something similar, and I can also use music to kind of give back to my city and, and my people. So that's, I guess, one of the many projects, but music ends up opening up more projects than I'm usually ready for. So I end up uh, not sleeping a whole bunch, usually. <laughs> and full disclosure, Danielle and I used to work... Uh, well, <laughs> well... You don't work there anymore. I still do. I work at Rogers TV. That's my full-time job other than my part-time job at Smooth Jazz and more. And we, uh, you were there for about a year, I believe. I was there um, just over the summer. So in between teaching, I uh, came and we shared a cubicle. It was the best. That's yeah. right. That's <laughs> right. And we had a little running uh, rivalry there. We've always, I've always had candy at my desk. And then I saw 
Danielle's candy jar, and I was like, hey, what's going on? (laughs) And then you made a very scary video, and I was terrified of you for the first week of working there. But I will admit, hands down, your candy was better. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Not even a competition. It's not. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, going back to your music career, what do you prefer doing performing live or being in the studio that's another tough question this is a this is a tough day um again i i think that there's beauty in both they're both such different experiences um but when you're talking to a lot of musicians and and my producer was laughing at me for this last album because i was just coming in from a stressful day at the college and then i I come into the studio and i'm just like oh yes I get I get to have like my my stress free time, and he found it so funny because obviously I mean there's a lot of money on the line when you're in the studio, and a lot of people find it very stressful. Like you got to get the perfect take. But for me, when you've got those headphones on, they cancel out all of the noise, and it's just you and it's this click track, and just listening to that click track and it puts my brain in this very very serene place where there's just me and the click track nothing else exists so for me this studio is a really nice therapeutic space actually uh in a way that live shows are usually not not at all calm um they're very very busy they're very fun so that's the other side of it is that i'm not going to get this adrenaline rush in the studio that i do when i'm performing live and then also just that connection to people I feel like both are just so important, not only the studio time, but me being able to go out and and perform and and meet people and and talk to people and learn their stories. And what I love about writing these songs is that it does give me a way of connecting with the people who are coming out to these shows so they can get through something difficult. Maybe it was something very different from what I experienced when I wrote that song, but they still feel something. They feel like they're not alone. So I love both. I wouldn't be able to pick one over the other. I guess it just depends on what mood I'm in. What was the first song you remember hearing growing up? Oh my goodness. That's a that's a difficult question. I remember the first cassette tape I bought. <laughs> do do I need to do I need to mention what that is? Because uh, it, it's a <laughs> It's a country tape, and it's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So I'll just say it then. It's, uh, my first cassette tape I ever bought was Billy Ray Cyrus uh, because I was really obsessed with the single Achy Breaky Heart. Yeah, I know. I know. I just said that. I just said that on your podcast. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, so that's what I, f- I remember listening to, and I would say that that specific genre doesn't have as much influence <laughs> on what I do today, but three-year-old me really loved that song. <laughs> now, you've been on the go for the last couple of months uh, during summer. I just read on your website you just came back from Portugal. Is that correct? Yes, yeah. So I've gone... I've gone a couple of times over overseas. It was last summer that I went, and I and I toured more last summer uh, than I did this summer. But last summer was Portugal, and then also Germany. So performing in in those different uh, countries, it it's really incredible, and it puts this this 
experience that that the way they do things culturally they the way they run their arts businesses there uh, i learned a lot and I, I met a lot of amazing people that i that i still kind of connect with other other musicians other people that are just living in the city that appreciate and support art but uh this year i i, I definitely took a little bit of a break after the cd release um and then coming back to ottawa it's it's been a very busy month so we've got lots of shows um coming up i've already done lots of shows since returning but uh, it's always a fun time she says that i should slow down he says that i should breathe but i need to keep running away from these memories oh i swallow the silence and the screaming in my head the claustrophobic emptiness of being in this bed but i know that i survived you yes i know that this is true and i'll fix this hole in my heart that i Where do you like to perform next? Where would I like to perform next? Well, I really do love our local festivals, but I think that if I was to organize like a dream show that I would love to, to do next, I'd love to organize my own show at the at the National Arts Centre. So I've done a couple of the, the shows in the fourth stage area, but I've never been able to organize my own show there and, and do that so i'm hoping that maybe i can do a super fun christmas thing um again there's always going to be that kind of charity aspect with me uh but i'd say that that would kind of be like my dream show is being able to headline a show at the national arts center now speaking of dreams if you can get any musician living or dead who would you like to have in your dream band Oh my goodness, my dream band. So whenever I do this too, people ask me what I listen to the most, and it's usually other Ottawa artists. That's who I listen to the most. Um, so I guess I'd say other Canadian bands. Like what? Hmm. Somebody who I've been listening to a lot of lately, uh, Half Moon Run, so out of Montreal. They're this really interesting kind of folk rock band but they use a lot of jazz chords so i really love the way they sound and i really love their rhythms and they're very percussive so maybe i'll just steal the whole band and then they can accompany me just for one night at the national arts center <laughs> <laughs> what's next for you what's next for me oh my goodness well i have three shows this weekend <laughs> um what's next for me is I think really touring a little bit more with this album that I've just released. And then the next album that I'm already starting to do some of the writing for is about traveling. So a lot of the, the traveling that I've done in the last year or so, that's really inspired a lot of a lot of music. So I'm hoping to start the writing for that. And as you know, the album cycle just keeps getting shorter and shorter. So now we've got like a two-year turnaround. So by the time you've released something, promoted it for a little bit, you have to already be writing and already be thinking about getting back in the studio with, with the new piece. So I think that's what's what's coming up next. But 
I'm always around Ottawa. So if people ever want to pop out for a show, I'm I'm normally playing five to ten times a month. So it's always happening, Mike. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How can fans reach you on social media? Everywhere. Be be my friend on all the social media. <laughs> so I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, all the things. I mean, you can you can also get any any of the music. It's on Spotify and iTunes and CD Baby, and it's all over the web. I've got some stuff on SoundCloud. So anybody's preferred method of of online communication, uh, please do feel free. Be my friend. I like new friends, and you can find me there. And the name of your website? It is my name, so it's DanielleAllard.com. And that will also link you to all of the things that you need. And Danielle Allard, her latest album is called Passing Notes. We're playing No Longer Silent in our playlist. Danielle, thank you very much for being a part of the podcast. Oh, thank you so much. And I, I hope to see you again soon. And that's it for this edition of Smooth Jazz and More Interviews. Just remember, the podcast, the website, the blog, and our internet radio stream needs your support. Please consider donating to Smooth Jazz and More through our GoFundMe fundraising drive. You can also help out by purchasing items at our gift store at Cafe Press. A portion of your purchase will help with our administrative costs. If you've given to Smooth Jazz and More, thanks for your generous support. Until next time, I'm Mike James for Smooth Jazz and More Interviews.